Joe doesn't get a say because he's not here. Exactly. Joe's not a big fan of conspiracy time anyway. Rob also just died. It's possible. <laughs> just no ruffling. On. <laughs> right, this is kind of a mess. Not going to lie. Oh, yeah. It's a total shit show until we're like 30 minutes into the show. I still don't have like any current events. It's a little concerning. Why do you need current events? That's what we do at the beginning of every show. You know that if you listen to any of our shows. They're too long. <laughs> I don't have the time to sit down uh, and listen to, to sit people down, that like, I play know. Play it in the car on your way to school. That's half the show. Um, it's a 30 minute drive. Um, I listen to music on the way to school. Plus, I don't have an aux cord or Bluetooth in the van because it's ancient. Hmm. Get a radio tuner. A what? Radio tuner. I think they're like 20 bucks. <laughs> I don't... Probably less than money. You have all the money. Not all of it. If I had all of it, I wouldn't be working. Oh shit. Hmm? Joe's I'm here now. A wild Joe has appeared. I think Rob's still dead though. Still dead, huh? Oh, he's yeah, I get it. I would have said paralyzed, but Joe, you don't get it. <laughs> Shut up. So before we get anything started, I'm gonna put out a plea to uh reduce background noise as much as possible because Jose made the last editing very difficult for me. I'll let him know. So yeah, that's it. Just letting you guys know. Sweet. Let's do it. Make sure we're recording. <clears throat> uh thank you for joining us today. This is Trouble Speak, a politically fluid podcast. It is Wednesday. September 12th, 2018. Um, today on the program, we're going to speak very clearly and directly into the microphone. Here's a gentleman of Hispanic descent. Uh, if you would introduce yourself, Robert. Thank you, Nathaniel. I'm very happy to be here. And what the hell are we doing? <laughs> <clears throat> also with us, and uh, I hope I'm not being too presumptuous in saying, heterosexual white male by the name of Jonas. Uh, good evening to you, sir. Uh... Hey, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> what the fuck just happened to your audio? <laughs> <laughs> Intro ruined. I hate Let's you do most. it again. <laughs> just start from the top. What? what just happened? Your audio cut out. It's not like you were like, abducted by aliens during that. Ugh, just um, ruined. Totally what ruined. What the fuck? Why were you being so formal and weird, though? I do stupid introductions at every show, and you know that if you ever watch the show. Well, yeah. I don't care. Like Terrible. Snowflakes and trumpets, Nate. Do what you do what you're good God. at. Just play the keys. Forget about Raven. You know your crust of stuff. What is okay. happening? <laughs> what did I just say before the show? <laughs> <laughs> Run the credits. That was the intro. <laughs> I didn't even introduce Gamma yet. <laughs> Uh, well, this is the biggest train wreck of an intro ever. Uh, Gabba, would you like to say hello to our audience? Uh, hi, I'm Gabba. It's Gabba. She's great. You're going to love her. Run the damn intro. the show i fucking hate you guys um first up i'm gonna drop this on you guys we're doing a new segment yeah 
Who saw that shit coming? I'm calling it fan service. Our boy uh, Green Hill put some uh, comments in, and we're going to address them. And if anyone else wants to leave comments on the video, we'll address you next podcast. He had a bunch of comments about a bunch of different things. I'm just going to hit a couple of them real quick. Uh, the Serena Williams cartoon. You guys know about this whole no, debacle? I didn't look it up. Um, yes, I'm aware. <laughs> Serena Williams had a meltdown when she lost the big, was it the U.S. Open, the big tennis tournament? No, uh, I don't yeah. watch tennis. Nobody does. Um, so uh, some magazine or something, I don't even know the details, they made like a, you know, it looks like the political cartoons you see in the papers and stuff. And they depicted her, I would, I guess, very stereotypically, if you want to put it that way. But anyway, everyone lost their shit because, oh, it's, it's racist. It's racist the way that she was depicted. And her opponent, who is very dark complected, was depicted as a white blonde woman for some reason. I guess, Rob, you're the only one that knows what was going on. Your thoughts on the matter. Yeah, so what happened was she actually got penalized a couple times in her match, and it kind of went, ended up costing her the game, but she was going to lose as as it was. And she threw a big fit and tried to call that it was he was going against her because she's a woman, a black woman, all that kind of stuff, and making it a big racial and sexist issue, which, I mean, there's two females on there. I don't know how you could be sexist against one and not the other. Racist, I guess I can understand, but they're both kind of black anyway, so I don't know. I'm not of the black tribe, so I'm not familiar with the differences between them. <laughs> Holy! That might be the most racist thing that's been said on this podcast. (laughs) Enjoy it. I'm brown. Not part of the black tribe. But but anyway, they. Hold on, I'm gonna go grab my spear. I'll be right back. (laughs) The picture that was drawn was very Ben Garrison style. Ben Garrison's a guy who's known for drawing a lot of radical, almost Nazi-esque type things, and you know, anti-Semitic stuff like that. He draws a lot of pictures of that caliber and it wasn't liked by the viewing audience who saw it you know serena had the characterized big lips big nose and stomping around you know monkey-esque so kind of going over that line and trying to show that it's more like black people as an animal or something like that and that's why people blew up so big about it but the guy got like kicked off of social media and stuff like that for the picture which i mean freedom of speech and all but uh, i mean who cares <laughs> there are people who have more important messages than drawing pictures and cartoons that we need to protect that's uh... all i gotta so why okay since i didn't see this cartoon why was she why was she drawn as a white woman like that doesn't make any sense that doesn't even literally makes no sense and i don't have an answer for that i bet the artist didn't even actually watch the match himself he simply saw serena throw the fit (laughs) and then assumed it was against a white girl yeah. Right. One of the reasons she got in trouble is I guess she changed skirts. Usually not a problem at all. And I guess the way she did or how she did it, she ended up getting a point taken from it. So I guess that's where the sexism comes from. I was changing, like getting in trouble for that sexism, though. Uh, I think the point is like with tennis, women's uniforms have like the skirt and the men have to wear like the polo country club look with the shorts. And since she wasn't wearing the skirt and the tank top, you're not wearing the traditional women's clothes. So change which would make sense to me if there was like a function to like the women's outfit like most sports uniforms are like they're designed and you have to wear them this way either for safety or for function having a skirt on doesn't seem to have that except for tradition yeah i don't really see how a skirt would make you any more able to play tennis than a pair of shorts i feel like it would actually hinder your ability honestly yeah exactly and i think that's why uh, they were calling sexist because it's like, well, why do they have to wear skirts? And why this? Why is this even a, a topic? Who cares? But I mean, they were no both women. Watching tennis anyway. So the general consensus I'm getting is that uh, nobody particularly gives a shit because it's tennis. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's just one of those issues where they're trying to make another, you know, another division tool. They see something, the media itself sees something they can gravitate, make it a bigger story than what it probably needs to be. And all of a sudden it's a black rights issue. The same thing that they've been doing for quite some time now. I will actually agree with Rob, especially considering the cartoons couldn't even get. Joe, your phone is shit in the bed right now. God you know what, Rob? I think you're right. I think this is going to be the worst podcast that we've ever done. Jeez, oh, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> Through no fault of Gabba's. Um, so yeah, moving on. One of the other things Greeno was asking about, um, he's just kind of talking about the Middle East in general and just all the political, all the all the angles, all the factions, everything going on over there. And I think the basic gist, what he was getting at, the only really question about it is, have we done too, so much damage in the Middle East that we just can't leave now. Like, even if we elected a president who's just said, okay, pull them all out, we're done doing damage, we're done building, we're done doing anything over there, let the people sort it out. Would that be a bigger evil at this point to just leave? I don't think so, because all we're doing right now is basically standing around and letting that happen anyway. Just saying, okay, we we kind of support this side more than that side. But, you know, it's not, I don't think the major operations are over there that are really changing anything, just resulting in more of our soldiers dying for shit at this point tradition. Savage. Um, well, it's bullshit. Like, why, I'm with why, you. I'm why with are you. these people over there? Like, it's, I, I understand, and it leaving would, there would be some kind of vacuum there, but in war, you're either going to conquer the area that you're fighting or you're going to fend somebody off. There's always the invader and the defender. All right. One of those sides will succeed. So if you go in and invade a country, you conquer the country. That becomes yours now and all the responsibility. If you half-ass it, you get what's going on now where we're like, oh, yeah, we came in and broke all your shit. Uh, see you later. And then try to act like you're still the good guy after you just beat up this this other country that had no way of fighting back. So basically we didn't go the full invader route we went uh yeah we took our stuff all right now you fix the problem that we caused now i hear you right yeah, yeah if we completely just... conquered and stuck a flag in as uh eddie Izzard famously said uh then yeah we're kind of the bad guys we're kind of starting to look like germany all of a sudden we're just sticking our flag in these countries and it's like oh yeah they're ours now it's like yeah, yeah. neighboring countries won't be okay with that but if we still say no no they're still a sovereign country we're just going to kind of hang out it's like, yeah, we're not solving any problems, but we don't look like the bad guy to our allies, at least. You know, we look like the bad guy to everyone who fucking lives there. Yeah, it's just, it's reality. We came and invaded and broke everything. And, but no, we we're somehow able to save face, even though who really buys that at this point? I think I think either way it's going to end up being something bad. If we leave, then a new terror could possibly raise up, and then it's going to be a bigger problem that we're going to be forced to deal with later on, or we stay there and we just continue making it. It's one of those things. Once you get in, you can't get out. It's already in the process, and there's there's no aborting. I see what you did there. Yeah. Abortion is just not an option. <laughs> Invasion during a war circumstance is very uh, pro-life. So somehow <laughs> pizza. it all leads back to pizza. <laughs> all right, moving on. We're going to, we're going to get into all that. Let's uh, tackle current events. Uh, Manafort's taking the plea deal. 
Yo. Yes, he is. Let's go. All right. So, Mr. Manafort himself, the uh, super evil lobbyist that literally anytime you talk about an evil lobbyist, you're basically describing Paul Manafort, has decided that he doesn't want to go back on another trial in D.C. and has accepted a plea agreement with, with the special counsel. I was saying that if this is true, this will lead to Trump's impeachment. But there's some sources basically just on NPR that are saying that his plea deal actually does not involve anything with the Trump campaign. It was something else offering other things he was doing while he had power. Yeah. But I mean, if that's true, then forget everything I just said. (laughs) (laughs) This won't lead to it. It, it. It might happen, but it's not a definite. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of excited. It's it's interesting. It's it's a new layer on top of this giant uh, witch hunt that is great at catching witches. But unfortunately, like with everything else involving these stories, it's another wait and see. Tends to be. That works to the Democrats' advantage, too. I mean, just going at it from a political angle. You know, that's something else that can just weigh over the Republicans, weigh over Donald. I mean, it doesn't look good for any of them at this point, and it really will help out in the midterms. And if it goes beyond it, it's just one more little piece that kind of gets us. I feel like they're really dragging it out and waiting for a big main event course for probably 2019, late 2019, early 2020. That's whenever we'll probably see something, because I don't think they have the ability to take Trump out of office yet, but by then, they'll probably have something. In, but I mean, how exhausting is that going to be? We've already went through a year and a half and we have to do another year of this. Yeah. And to be clear, they literally can't take Trump out of office right now. They can impeach as much as they want. Uh, what is it? A two thirds majority in the Senate to actually get him out of office. And yeah. They ain't a, got um, it. Yeah. It would to impeach Trump. You will need Republican support. Even if a blue wave happens, the best case scenario blue wave will still require Republican support. Anybody who's listening to this that is on the Democrat side and hoping for that to happen, just temper your expectations and realize that you will still the Republicans will still have to step up and agree to it for that to happen. And if Trump is removed from office this way, he will be the only president in the history of the country to have been removed from office through impeachment. And I don't think that would ever happen anyway. Like, no matter what he has done, I don't think anyone's ever going to find it or have enough proof to actually impeach him. Because they'll find a way. (laughs) Yeah, they're trying. But anyone who knows like who has like the knowledge isn't going to give Trump up. Well think That's about why. Trump's think about Trump's fans too. Trump's fans are fanatical. Yeah. Even if Trump was removed from office, he's still going to be able to talk. He's still going to have platforms here and there to speak. He's going to be the Trump's unofficial the president lobbyist in Washington. Exactly. Uh, then all of a sudden he's got all the same pool, but now he's got a little bit more freedom as Obama talked about <laughs> in behind closed doors. A little bit more freedom after being a president. No, uh he if he's impeachment is the process, indictment by the Senate is is the part that requires two thirds. Right. So if he's indicted, that means he'll be charged, which means he'll go to jail. And then any any like you heard about Michael Cohen saying his unnamed, unindicted co-conspirator, which is basically Trump, uh, then that gets unsealed. And because you can't indict a cynic president, if he's removed from office, you can indict his ass. And then all of a sudden, all these smaller crimes that, hey, you can't really touch the president for, you can touch the loser that just got thrown out of the White House for. Yeah, here's my yeah. angle on that. Um, I see this very much like with Hillary whenever 
everyone's screaming lock her up because of all of her crimes and all those crimes are still there and they're all still very prosecutable she's not the president i feel like if they've actually pinned trump down and said yeah you're getting impeached you're going to be indicted all this is coming down on you he would cut a deal where he would step down and all of a sudden they'd be like okay he's finally gone forget about him I guarantee you they would not pursue him after that. If they got him out of office, they would not keep pursuing him. I think there's a, a greater chance of just doing the Nixon, where he'll step down and then Pence will pardon him. Exactly. Just like with Ford and Nixon, and Pence will use the exact same excuse of the country has to heal and move on. Exactly. Or the greatest twist in history, <laughs> Mueller unveils his indictments, and it's Trump and Hillary at the same time for a rare twofer. That is the best universe. Which which is only described in the secret constitution. <laughs> so uh, hope and pray, everybody. Yeah. What did you want to say, Gavin? I was going to say, like, anyone who's wishing for Trump to get impeached, I don't really see why, because Pence is just as bad, if not worse, than Trump when it comes to every issue. Yeah, the LGBT would actually have a real foe then. Yeah. Definitely. Very true. Can't argue that at all. I don't think Trump particularly cares about those issues, so he's not going to advance them, but I don't see him, like, going out of his way to curb that, but I definitely see Pence being like, okay, uh, enough of these uh, gay lords getting married. <laughs> Clear that up, Kavanaugh. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Oh, I guess we could talk. We could talk about Kavanaugh a little bit. All the all the stuff they're starting to level against him. Oh Jesus! All right. <laughs> you didn't want to talk about politics too much, asshole. Bring it on. <laughs> so I don't know how much how secret of a letter this is, but apparently Senator Feinstein has sent a secret letter to the FBI concerning uh, some prior crimes, including a attempted sexual assault back in high school. Oh no, he's getting me too'd. Uh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, uh, him and a friend had at least attempt rape attempted rape on a woman in high school. It seems kind of out of left field, but very much so. At this point, it's tough with literally all these crimes and accusations coming out of the woodwork for everyone. That being said, they're mentioning that McConnell had confided in Trump that of all of his three picks, that Kavanaugh was the only one that was like unconfirmable. Huh. So if that's true, why would you pick the one candidate that even the turtle lord would not want you to pick? Have you met Donald Trump? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, actually, no, I haven't. No. <laughs> but, I mean, if that's true, I, I haven't read anything that confirms that. I'm not sure where that came from. Could have right. came from either one of the books or some anonymous source or whatever. Right. And you can't forget uh, we're living in the accusation is conviction era. So they level the accusation. It could be completely baseless. It's still in people's heads. It's true. There are some other weird things with Kavanaugh. How he went into a large amount of debt buying baseball tickets, of all things. You know what they sell at, at baseball games? Pizza. Peanuts. <laughs> Peanuts. I'm resisting the urge to cue Alex right now. I'm resisting it. 
I mean, there, there's a lot. Uh, everybody's free to please go look up the news stories that I'm sure Fox is saying are completely false, and CNN is promising pinky swear are 100% true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and look it up. There's a lot in there. I can't remember all of them off the top of my head because I've kind of been filtering it out, honestly. Right. Like, the only way Kavanaugh's not getting confirmed is if he has a few Republicans come up and say, no, we're not voting for that guy. And that's about as likely as Trump resigning tomorrow. There's not a whole lot anyone can do. And we do need to have a podcast where we talk about how strong the Supreme Court has gotten because it is. We definitely do that. That's a topic I want to touch on at one point. Getting to the point where they're almost writing law. Exactly. Congress has basically abdicated their power to the Supreme Court. It's like Congress walks into that meeting when the the higher ups show up at the office and, like, what would you say you do here? Bam. The Bobs. Exactly. uh, Calling them out. Only other thing I had for current events, which we don't even have to get into this, you don't want to. Uh, Trump putting out the tweet about the the Puerto Rico hurricane, and the death toll is wrong, and only six people died, and oh, it's the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of tweets. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. I mean, it's not good, but I'd say you pretty run of the mill for Trump tweets. I mean, yeah, every Trump tweet is <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. The death toll is over 3,000 people, which means more people died. Yeah, no, which means more people died in that hurricane than died on 9-11 that died in Katrina. So it becomes like one of the deadliest, if not the deadliest event in American history. And the president is saying, yeah, no, no, ignore that. It's like seven people died. Who gives a shit? Um, He's like, you guys don't understand. This is really about me. And all the great things yeah. I did. Well, let me get, give you guys a different angle on it, because I've been watching it, too. I think more of what he's trying to do in his least eloquent way is saying that the people who actually died in the hurricane itself was a relatively low number. But a lot of people died afterwards due to electricity issues, water issues, food issues. Right. The thing is, we had stuff over there. You can look anywhere online and see that we had multiple, multiple shacks and you know garages full of yeah. food. I've seen the, uh, that like were left the tarmacs there. where there's like water stacked up on pallets and the, the government just wasn't distributing it. Yeah, so we gave them a bunch of aid. We did our best to try to help them, and their government shit the bed. And then they want to say, oh, look what you did, Trump. And it's like, wait a second. There's two people involved here, and we're only looking at one side of the equation and putting all the blame on them. Did Trump probably fuck up in some things here and there? I'm sure he did. I mean, I'm I'm probably going to guarantee it. And he probably is going to be held accountable for more people dying. But the federal government over there had the ability to save their people. We gave them the stuff to help them, and they didn't take full advantage of it. So what can we do? Um... Their federal government is our federal government. Yeah, I don't think you meant the federal government. Their their local government, the, uh, I don't know his name, the governor or whoever it was that was really in charge of the disaster aid on the ground over there kind of shit the bed. Like, that's the, that's the headlines I've been seeing when I looked into this. Right, but I mean, we don't, we don't expect, like, just the governor of Texas to handle all the disaster relief during Harvey. I mean, what else, what else were we supposed to do over there? We didn't expect Rick Scott to handle all the disaster relief in Florida by himself. Like right. the, we aren't telling them to do it by themselves. We, we rendered all the aid we could. We were setting up hospitals and getting all, this, all these supplies in, and they weren't. The logistics of it is, I guess, what fell apart. Right, but, like, who's, who's really in charge of the logistics? Like if I, I say if I say I'm gonna help you and I go buy a bunch of water and I leave it somewhere and be like, hey, you gotta come pick it up and you're like, well, I can't. There was a hurricane. Did I really help you? 
One thing we might have to look at is maybe it's not just the president issue. Maybe it's just how we've been running things over there for a while. So even if it was Obama or Bush or the next president in there, if that shit happened, it was probably going to be the same situation. But people are going to die and we were just caught our pants down again. It might just be the bureaucracy of it. Just FEMA and anyone else. Just like with Katrina. It's just like, why, why do so many people die in Katrina? Because we did such a shitty job taking care of it. No, because George Bush doesn't care about black people. I was waiting for it. When it comes to that, Puerto Rico's been getting the short end of the stick anyway. They should have been a state a long time ago. Definitely. Or it's like, again, kind of like with Afghanistan. It's like, all right, are they a state or not? Are they're not? Then cut them loose and let them be their own country. Yeah. Are they? Then make it fucking official. Stop half-assing this stuff. But no party wants to do it it, because it will change the dynamic of power. All of a sudden, two more senators have to be added. Oh, more representatives come. And both sides don't want to do it for the fear that that will join them. It's a little tougher to split 51 down the middle. Yeah, exactly. These are American citizens. Like, they're not other citizens. They're part of our country. They can vote. Fucking represent them. That was the whole point of the revolution. And we're taxing the shit out of these guys, and they don't have anybody in Congress except for some calling governor or whatever. That's like, oh, yeah, no, I represent the Puerto Ricans. When was the last time you were there? I don't know. I've never been to Puerto Rico. What the (laughs) fuck is that? (laughs) I feel you. Main a little more. It's not the main event yet. So jump the gun. God damn it. I guess we're going to start with abortion. I know uh, Gavin wanted to talk into that. Let's get the, the female perspective. I don't know if you got an opening salvo, Gabba, or you want to, what do you want to do? Um, not really. All right. Um, <laughs> don't really care. Uh, do you want to give us your general stance on abortion? Let's start with that. I mean, I believe anyone should, any woman should be able to have access to an abortion if she wants to do it. And I don't believe that men should be deciding if abortion should be legal or not. All right. Fair enough. Uh, My first question, does the man in the situation, I'm not talking about freaking congressman, anything like that, making laws. Does the man in the situation who helped make the baby, does he have a say in what happens to the baby? I think that the woman should take his opinion into consideration, but ultimately I believe it's it's her choice. Should abortion be celebrated, like on social media? Because I feel like there's, I don't know if it's much of a movement, but there's a bit of a movement where it's like, I guess, an anti-shaming movement is their goal. Shout my abortion is what it's called. There you go. So it's kind of women just kind of talking about their abortions in a very celebratory manner like yes i had an abortion yeah, and it liberated it. me and it's i'm not a fan of it personally okay. i think people are going to do whatever they want to do if they want to talk about it if they want to be proud of it whatever that's what they're going to do but i mean if i were to personally be in the situation i wouldn't really be telling everyone about it yeah it's, it's a private matter it's not that we don't I mean, I, we, I don't want to hear it personally, but the thing is, it should be a private matter. There are certain things that just need to be done, and they don't need to be talked about by everybody. Not by shame, just by – it's none of our business. Yeah. It doesn't need to be our business. Should it just not be talked about? Like, should it should it be viewed as something that needs to happen but almost 
I guess taboo would be almost the best way of saying it. Like, hey, this is legal. This happens. It is a private matter, but we shouldn't, we should never talk about it. I mean, I don't think people should be ashamed about it. I just don't think they need to talk about it all the time. Like, I mean, if a woman wants to talk to another woman about her experience with it, then I mean, I think that's fine, but I don't think she should go around posting it all over social media and making everyone uncomfortable with it. Well, I had one thing to talk about the whole ashamed angle. Whenever I do something in my life, whether it's somebody else's prerogative to be interested in it, if I mess up in my life and I have to fix it in some way, shape, or form, then yeah, I'm going to be shamed a little bit myself. And I don't think that's a bad thing. We keep thinking that shame is a bad thing to have. No, it's something that keeps us level. It's something that keeps us in order to say, you know what? I should not have done that. An abortion is in that same line of thought. Someone had sex. I'm, I'm saying by the pure choice version of it, not the rape or mental retardation or any of those yeah. other options, but the pure choice is what we're speaking about here. They made a choice to have sex. They got themselves pregnant and then they have to fix it. It's a mistake. That's what it comes down to. It's a mistake that they're trying to correct. Being a little bit shameful of that, that's natural. You, you shouldn't have to be shamed by other people. But I mean, us ourselves, when we make mistakes, we should be a little ashamed so that we fix ourselves and make ourselves better. I'm not saying beat yourself up about it to the point where you start getting a mental complex. But, you know, if I get a bad grade on the test, I mean, I mean, I know it's not a good example. But if I get a bad grade on the test, I'm going to tell myself, you know, I need to do better in this. I can't be making those same kind of mistakes again. This woman who we were having this conversation about with the shout your abortion, she's talking about how she had three of them. OK, you messed up once. That can happen. I understand that you messed up this again. OK, that, that can happen three times. And I'm just like, OK, at this point in time, it's not just a goof anymore and it's not just a mistake. You're putting your body through a lot of trauma that's going to inhibit your ability to have children later on in life. She's You're... using it as her first option. She's not trying to prevent it in any way in the first place. Exactly. And that's, and that's what I'm against. I'm against it becoming so open to the point where just like, that's going to be my first option every time. And that's all I'm going to do. And there's no thought process in it. It is a big decision, regardless of whether you think that the baby's alive or when, when the baby is a baby and just a fetus and all that. It's still a big decision. And it needs to always be treated as one. It should never be seen as a life decision to make i mean get... it's it's a medical surgery like it's a super invasive surgery and the woman's gonna have to recover from that both emotionally and physically i don't see why anyone in their right mind would use that as a first option instead of just you know having protected sex or using birth control or something i agree i feel you yeah so but there's one thing i don't agree about <laughs> the <laughs> <Okay>. name abortion <laughs> I, I mean it's just a schematic thing for me but i mean the whole trying to figure out going back to the age of the baby it, it for me i know it's a sensitive subject for people but me it's more of a man i really want to figure this out when does life start at where does it start at according to our medical journals in america it's about 22 weeks on average and it's just it's really interesting to me how we can determine those kind of things with the science still as fresh as it is i hear you that's uh, really the angle adam was coming in at is like okay we've we've drawn the line here this is where life starts and adam's kind of dialing it back a little bit it's like well wait a second look at this the not a baby yet is reacting to stimuli. It's, you know, growing these parts. How can you say that's not a baby yet? And it's kind of that line kind of starts to waver a little. And that line is the main reason why they're, I think this whole fight is happening right now. I mean, some people are really getting in there just because they're getting into other people's business and they need to go fuck off, in my opinion. But certain people do actually feel like it's a slippery slope situation. Like if you have a kid who's born and that kid is six months old and you murder him, you're going to be charged with murder, right? So then they're going back and saying, well, what's the difference if it's in your body or outside of your body? Well, then it gets tricky. In my opinion, it's in the woman's body. 
it doesn't matter how old it is it's it's in her body she can do what she wants to and we can't really stop her how are we going to punish her there's no punishment we can give to them they're already going through enough punishment on their own now if they're on twitter celebrating it i don't think so she's feeling a lot of shame that seems to necessitate it's something that should be punished then i don't think it should be punished by law it's a morality issue that's very ambiguous once they're outside of the womb yeah i could see i mean nobody's going to argue punishing a mother or father who kills their six-month-old kid right i mean we're all in agreement with that we got to punish them but then once they get inside it's like some people think it should still go that much further and it really becomes the issue of choice and what where your current morality is at that point and i don't really think there's a right or wrong answer it's just something we got to settle on I guess 22 weeks is the, the settled opinion for now, but even that's getting pushed on. It's a complicated yeah. situ- situation meant to divide. That's the main point of it. I like to just discuss the pros and cons, try to see it from both people's perspective and see what's going on, and then really see how it's being used to divide us when it comes to elections like that. Because sometimes that's all it'll take. Someone will have a pro-choice or pro-abortion, and nothing else in their political opinion matters. Once they see that, a person will completely disregard them and go with somebody who's for it. Right. But then everything else is against what they're saying. So it's being used as a ploy to take away our rights, take away what we really want to get done. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll give you that. But then we're going to take your money and we're going to take away from your school and we're going to take this and you're just going to go with it because we're part of this, this and that. You got to give and take. Yeah, it's back to yeah, tribes. It's, it's a political football. Wedge issues have always been the thing. And it's, yep. it is bullshit. It's not a good Gavin, what do you what do you think about anything Rob said? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we got uh, her on here to, to give more of there. a different perspective. Well, uh, um, I was kicking Blade out of my room, so <laughs> I wasn't listening. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. Best podcast yet. Circle him. Trying to go call me out. Jeez. It's, it's her choice. <laughs> yeah. I mean. There it is. Um, okay. The podcast thing. just got aborted. What did you just say? <laughs> the podcast just got aborted shit. Hey, we've only been at nine or ten episodes, so it's, it's yeah, not hey, really it's a podcast illegal. yet. <laughs> we haven't we haven't got to the twenty we haven't got to the twenty second episode yet. So. We better just shut the hell up. That's before so we're gonna canceled. be a thing. Uh, I think okay. Apple's actually going to talk. Um, let's, let's shut the hell up for a second. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to get back on topic now. Please do. Rob was saying like where life starts. Yes. The 22 weeks thing. Like what trimester is that? Do you know? Does anyone know? I think that's a little right. bit after the second trimester. So it's in the third? Like it's literally right there on it, I believe. Okay. Well, I know a very small percentage of abortions actually happen after the second trimester. And at that point, it's only really when it is possibly going to kill the mother or the baby is going to die or it's already dead at that point. So, I mean, with those issues, you really can't fault someone for having an abortion. And before then, if it's not technically alive, then there's nothing wrong with it from that moral point of view. If uh, the procedure takes place and the baby is dead, it is still counted as an abortion. Yeah. I guess we we put a bow on the end of this. Gabba, from the female perspective, what would you like for men to be saying or doing when it comes to abortion? Just nothing? Should we be trying to be supportive? What should we be doing? I mean, unless you are the man who got the woman pregnant, you shouldn't be saying anything or being involved in any way whatsoever. If you are her partner or whatever the situation is, then I think he should be able to have some say in the situation. He should probably help her through it, give her his opinions on the situation, but not be so aggressive with it and not telling her what to do, just trying to support her and 
somehow give across what he thinks at the same time. So the pro-choice movement is really a pro-her choice movement? I mean, it's not really the man's choice because it's not his body. So the man does not have a choice. I'm not saying that he shouldn't have a say in the situation. I'm just saying the ultimate decision is up to the woman. Well, people can say all they want to about politics, but unless they vote, they don't really have a say, do they? I mean, yeah. So it'd be the same aspect with a man and a woman. I, I personally do agree with you, but at the same time, I know a lot of people who don't. And they'll say that that man helped create that baby that's forming inside of them, and they should have just as equal rights to it. And how can you argue that they don't? Because that man doesn't have to have the child that they don't want inside of them for nine months. So female privilege? Oh, yeah, because that's such a big thing. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to take your wins wherever you can get them. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Women don't get a lot, unfortunately. So I guess we can have that one then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you can have that one. All right, cool. I don't speak for everybody else who's on that side, though. <laughs> it's a complicated issue. We've discussed it. Yeah. It's a complicated issue. You're a complicated issue. Shut up. Well, that high-quality commentary. It's going to roll along. I don't like a chemicals in the water. Turn the freaking freaking frogs gay. <laughs> we wanted to do this on September 11th, but it just didn't work out that way. But uh, obviously... We got to talk 9-11 a little bit here. So 9-11 was an inside job. 100%. False flag. Any disagreement? I, I'm i still not 100% convinced, but it's probably more because I don't want it to be true. I believe in flat earth theory more than the official story. <laughs> but you are a flat earth chill, though. <laughs> I am not a flat earth chill. I'm just saying the, the official story is... Such a shambly, awful, terrible mess that anybody of half a brain who looks into it, even just a little bit, can see that there's bullshit that happened. All right, so starting point, Joe, can we agree that the official story that they put out is not 100% accurate? Uh, that's, that's definitely true. It's Fair enough. So kind of moving along here, it's like, okay, why are they lying at all? Why can't they tell us what happened? There was a South Park episode that dealt with this, and it, it kind of brought it more into focus for me. The end of the South Park episode, there was basically the government being like, no, we did we did do 9-11. And it was the idea of like wanting people to believe that they had control and that sometimes bad things happen that we have no rhyme or reason and no way to explain. And it just sucks. And then the government doesn't want people to realize that they aren't omniscient, that they can't control everything, that unfortunately it just takes some people that are really dedicated that have some decently thought out plans to hurt a lot of people and that that's the kind of world we live in I hear uh, nah, another question no nah, I don't buy it another question <laughs> but there's what, no way that's true what is scarier the idea that a couple dozen people from controlled from a cave in Afghanistan subverted the most complex intelligence military everything organization system in the world and managed to hit these targets managed to do these things is it scarier that our government's so incompetent that we didn't catch any of them or stop any of them or is it scarier that they let it happen to further an agenda i think you're i think you're mixing scary and evil together I'm just talking, like, from our perspective, from what we want to believe, because you said you don't want to believe that it could have been an inside job. Yeah. Is it more frightening to you personally that it's incompetence or if it's evil? It's not... It's not frightening to me. I don't want to believe it because it would be evil, right? 
No, you like, see, you're saying like is the incompetence that would have to have been done if it wasn't an inside job. In my opinion, would be even more frightening than what I believe happened. Yeah, because- yeah. I mean, like I said, there's a, to me that's a difference. Like I'm more frightened of the idea that it was terrorist, that it was just a terrorist act. I'm frightened if it was the government, but they used drones. I'm not frightened that the government let it happen. I would be more angry about that, I guess. And that's where we're coming from. And that's why this movement hasn't gone away, because people are very angry at the thought that they let it happen. And it comes back to what Joe was saying. And I remember showing Joe a long time ago some, you know, videos and different stuff about it. And Joe kind of even said at that point, he's like, no, (laughs) I can't believe that that's what happened. Because if it did, and I honestly believe that, then that means we got to go do something. And I think that's the number one reason most people agree that it's bullshit, but nobody's doing anything to stop it. Because we know if we do go down that route, there's only one thing we got to do. You're not wrong. What I'd like to talk about more is what happened due to 9-11. What changed in our world after that happened? Who benefited the most? Who lost the most? Those are the questions that are most important. Muslims lost the most. That's definitely true. We uh, kind of tore ass up and down the Middle East. Um, I got a little bit of backstory on this. I don't know if Gavin wants to elaborate more, but as far as who I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say potentially, I'm going to say allegedly all over this. There was, I don't know how far back I want to go on this because I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. False flags have happened throughout history. I think everybody knows that. I mean, Hitler burned down his own congressional building to get his agenda through. Gulf of Tonkin, I don't know how many people are familiar with, but that's what got us into Vietnam. It's an event where we alleged that we got attacked, and it didn't happen, and that's what got us into that war, and it's disgusting. And I don't think that's even disputed now. It's like on official documents that, yeah, that event didn't happen, and that's what got us in the war. So it's not like this is unprecedented that these things have happened. There was a neocon think tank, which I'm blanking on the name of right now, but um, this is pre-Bush's election. The members included Rumsfeld and Cheney and like all these very familiar names that ended up in Bush's cabinet. And there's a quote in the one of the memos they put out was, we really need, this is a quote, a new Pearl Harbor in order to get America's defense back to where we think it should be. And all of a sudden, Bush is elected, all these people are in his cabinet, and what do you know? We've got a new Pearl Harbor. And all of a sudden, the military-industrial complex explodes, and this gigantic agenda of, I don't even know where to start on the, on the agenda, but it all comes through. And we all cheer it on, because we got attacked. So yeah, the people who have benefited the most were the cronies in Washington that make money off of war, and make money off of control, and especially the poppy fields over in Afghanistan. They love them poppy fields. They do indeed. Opium, baby. A lot of people always focus on oil, but we've discussed it before that opium was the biggest thing that happened over there. And if you look at uh, opiates being used in America compared to how they were back then, compared to how they are now, you can see the, the number rise from 2001 going forward. Sure. And it's it's not just the drug trade. I mean, just look at what we've done militarily. Look at all the dictators we've been ousting. And it was all springboarded off of us going into Afghanistan. And all of a sudden, we're going into Iraq. And I think if you polled people back at the time, they'd probably tell you, yeah, we went to Iraq because of 9-11. It's like, what the fuck does Saddam Hussein have to do with 9-11? Absolutely nothing. It's like we just used that as a precursor to just... The weapons of mass destruction. Right. All of a sudden, 9-11 just became the omni-excuse for everything we did in the Middle East after that. They saw us moving at a fever pitch and how well we bought the story that they said, you know what, let's see how much more we can get. Let's double our money. Let's go for Iraq now, too, and see how far we can get. You know what I'm curious about? What's that? I wonder what other countries think of, like, 9-11. I mean, I know day of, there was, like, overwhelming support. That was, like, the one day the rest of the world loved us. 
We haven't had a day like that in a long time. But the rest of the world was actually with us for like that period of time. And then all of a sudden we're drone striking all over the Middle East. And they're like, okay, there's shit again. Fuck that. I mean, we had to show off the murder robots. I mean, <laughs> kind of. Like, look what we made in response to this. And everybody's like, no. Oh, we were on your side. <laughs> Yeah, just hitting everything right off the bat in machine gun form. Lucky Larry Silverstein with his oh, taking out insurance oh, on his buildings. His his recorded option of him talking about pulling buildings before they were just because he thought it'd be safer. Building 7, the Pentagon tapes that don't exist anywhere. You can go on YouTube and just type in 9-11 conspiracies and you'll get a loo of information nice. that... There's so many. There's so much out there now and a lot of it is misinformation. You gotta watch what you're reading because some sure. of it is legit out there as counter-ops to muddy the situation. This is what happens whenever the truth gets out, gets held by the people. We'll have a lot of control or, or a lot of words out there and they'll start banning it at first. But then once it gets to the point where they can't ban everybody, what they'll say instead is, you know what, leave it out there. But we're gonna send our own people and they have groups for this that go out there and put out misinformation that way someone reads that they make them promoted more on youtube because they got that kind of pool and they got that kind of money all of a sudden that person's view becomes the number one the people with the actual truth the actual intelligence are down at the bottom so people are going to see all the misinformation first or they're being find out right but they'll see the misinformation maybe they'll do their own research and they'll be like wait a second this is a lie maybe the whole thing's a lie this person is lying about this is probably lying about the whole thing meanwhile the person at the bottom that was giving nothing but just proof on its own gets ignored because they didn't have the right pool. They didn't have the right intelligence behind them to prove their story. But you, you'll see it everywhere, especially whenever it first happened. There was videos everywhere about it. And a lot of them have been taken down. A lot of them have been removed. And some of them have been left because there's there was no way to stop it. And I don't think they can get away with that kind of thing in 2018. I, I don't I don't see them being able to, as far as social media has advanced, it would be much more difficult to get away with that. But here's the thing. That's why I think these controls are coming in. That's why all these social media corporations are getting together and meeting and they're coordinating. So this kind of thing can happen again and they can put a lid on it. They want to control who's on their media platform. So when the next event does happen, they're prepared to handle that information the right way as they see fit. Right. That's what I was saying about that conspiracy time uh, a few episodes ago. It's like, okay, let's get rid of Alex Jones because uh, we're going to pull this thing and we don't want people talking about it. And it's not just Alex Jones. It's everyone like him. They're trying to take them all down. Okay, let's see the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> see something, some big crazy thing happen. Uh, I'm done. Conspiracy mode <laughs> takes it out of me. With the 9-11 issue that we're talking about, it even kind of plays with current day situation over in Syria. They got the whole gas attacks that we keep on talking about where if Syria's government ends up gassing the Syrian army or the free army, then we're going to step in and we're going to start kicking ass and taking names. But it's another one of those situations where we're just waiting for the false flag to happen so we can get over there and do something. That's what it was about. We stood down on 9-11. Our entire air force did its own counter-ops, counter-terrorism process at the same time. So when all those planes went 500 miles off course, nobody went after because they were told they were bogeys. Right. Uh, to clarify that, we system. were conducting war games. Games. Uh, whoever decided this was a good idea. We were conducting war games the day of where aircraft were popping up and disappearing on the radar and air traffic controllers were utterly confused. Like, what is happening? Is this a drill? Are these planes real? What are we doing? Our military jets were scrambled and sent way off course as far away as possible to make sure they couldn't intercept the planes, which the people in charge didn't even know it existed or not because there were so many war games going on all over the place. It There's, there's so much. Just There's so many documentaries hitting this in detail. Definitely look into it if you haven't. The craziest thing, though, is 
the flight patterns that those pilots had to have to do what they did. The people who crashed into the Pentagon, that they yeah, have the to be an The fact that there's no footage of ace. it and the plane I'm disappeared and, oh God. So many I'm things. just saying, I, I worked on aircraft and I talked to pilots and they, some of them in the military, when I was in the Navy, discussed it with me. And they said, one thing about those terrorists, they were some damn good flyers. And I was like, what the hell do you mean? They're like, because of how accurate they were. What they did was no easy feat. You have to be trained to be able to fly like that. To be able to get that low of an altitude and fly into a Pentagon like that. No just random lackey is going to be able to do that. You have to be a pro. And even when they try to simulate it and redo it themselves, people have trouble simulating those situations happening the same exact way. Everything just lined up way too perfectly. There's there's too many coincidences where it becomes, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. People who believe in the official story are coincidence theorists. They just think that all these coincidences can happen and they're just going to ignore it away because the truth is harder to deal with rather than just saying it's all one big coincidence and it was some brown people who did it. That's ridiculous because, I mean, how many different crazy coincidences happen literally every day? Like saying it's dumb to believe in a coincidence or I can't believe they don't see the information from them when literally random shit happens that produces extraordinary results literally every hour of every day. You're not right. I mean, <laughs> to think that it's so far out there that people would plan something so far in advance and it works when we've literally landed people on the moon, when we've done all these other things throughout history that are just as equally improbable and to say i can't believe you would think that could be possible there has to be some crazy shadow conspiracy behind it to make sense of it there's a That's, difference between probability and coincidence you're confusing two different things together no, Having a lot of like what like saying oh hey these guys were training for months on end to be able to do this, and then they were able to do something that was difficult. It's not they just that, like, though. It's it's not just a coincidence. It's a coincidence lining up with another coincidence, lining up with another one down the like, list till you've like, done like 20 like coincidences. How? Like how? Like because there's other things? Like if you want to say, hey, the government <laughs> let this happen, all right, but that's not coincidence. That's a conspiracy. If you want to say, no, I agree. I, I agree. They, I'm saying people who people who are against the conspiracy are saying that that it's all just a coincidence. But that doesn't mean that they couldn't have done it, right? You're saying let them do it doesn't say that they helped them. It just says they didn't stop them, which means that they were training, which means that they were flying, which means that they did hijack all that stuff. And the only thing that the reason that they succeeded was that no one stepped in to stop them. But all the crazy shit that still occurred that day was planned was still executed i agree so, it was, that, it was, that, right but that means that they were still capable of it that means people can still do it so if the fact if that we're was, saying people stepped aside and let it happen that doesn't you can't invalidate the idea that they also had help we're just trying not to go that far that's exactly what you're sounding like you're saying though but i believe they had help. the only difference there between them stepping aside and letting it happen and them actually completing it is just a couple people paying attention, right? So if you actually had people being incompetent and not doing their job, that means the plan succeeded and they would have it would have happened. It's a lot more right? than a couple people not doing their job though. We're talking about thousands of people failing to do their job in so many different facts like just from airport security to air traffic control to the military to our intelligence services to, there's so many people 
that could have stopped this along the way. We're not even getting into all the shit that happened with these terrorists before 9-11, where they were already in the country and the FBI already knew about them. We were already watching them. We had informants talking to them. There's so much more than just what happened that day. Right. So then, but then every mass shooting where they say the FBI had been told about it or the reports have been happening, those, every single one of those, that's, that, those were allowed to happen then. Cause it's the same thing. It's just on a bigger scale. In a way, if the FBI had the evidence and they could have done something about it and they just decided not to, they're kind of stepping aside in a way. Hmm. It's just like it's talking about aside, with uh... being told not to be there. They had to leave an opening. We had an agenda to get going, and it was getting in Afghanistan and get in the Middle East and start fucking some shit up and start controlling things. And we also had a secondary agenda that was the Patriot Act. Thousands of pages, thousands of them that were available the next day completely ready and ready for everybody to read and just it was just there yep suddenly a whole entire thing that they they had to have been sitting on you don't write thousands of pages in one day and immediately put that out not unless you're ready for it not unless you know it's coming and circling back to your other point joe it's like a a woman on social media claiming that or just claiming in general that she's been sexually assaulted and like you just said we need to take these things seriously it's like okay if somebody's threatening to shoot up a school, we need to take that shit seriously. Right. So it's not necessarily a conspiracy or the FBI is involved in the school shooting and they wanted it to happen. It's like, they're not doing their fucking job. We're not taking these threats seriously. And going back to what I was saying about coincidence, I'm saying there's coincidence not just in that one issue, but in all of them being put together. They just happen to have the right flight pattern. They just happen to hit the towers in that spot where it made them fall like a controlled demolition directly into it. So they just happened to take an insurance out on that the day before. It just happened to fall on Building 7 that had information there. It just happened to hit the place in the Pentagon where it had all the information that Donald Rumsfeld was trying to hide about the $2.3 trillion that mysteriously vanished. Everything just perfectly happened in a way where it goes, okay, it's not just coincidences anymore. It's a conspiracy. There's something going on here, and we have to take notice of it. We can't just say it's coincidence anymore. When talk about equality, uh, men and women, still very much a thing that uh, women are feeling not equal in the world in general, the workplace, the wherever you want to frame it. So I guess my question is, when we get the female perspective on this, how are women not equal in today's society? My biggest thing on this is how I feel when I'm alone in public. Okay. I, I mean, women get paid for the most part, the same amount as men. There's evidence for that. You can look it up, whatever. I thought we were going to have to debate that. Oh, I know my facts. She's on it. Please continue. It's the main thing for me is like, okay, if I wanted to walk to the gas station or something at night, I wouldn't feel safe doing that because if a man were to want to abduct me or something, there's not really anything I can do against that. And I think the main problem is that men, for the most part, are raised to do like whatever they want, while women are raised to stay out of scary situations. I really agree because I think Dave Chappelle put it perfectly in that stand-up routine that he did when he was talking about working at a comedy club and he was working for drug dealers, so they had a ton of cash and I guess he did really well, so they gave him a certain amount of money, he had like $10,000 in a backpack or something like that. So he's talking about having to walk through Harlem at like 3 a.m. with $10,000 in a duffel bag. And he thought about how unbelievably insecure and vulnerable he felt. And he's like, wait, this is how women feel all the time. It's like that just crystallizes. It. It's perfect. 
I mean, I understand that, and I feel bad for women on that. I mean, I'm, I don't understand it myself, but I understand where they're coming from because I could, I could just see it. W- women get attacked when they go out in public. I mean, you have a woman even dressed semi-provocatively, and she's going to get catcalled by almost every guy on the street. She's going to get stopped multiple times by people. And it's kind of the way just how our society has gone. doesn't mean that it's good, but how, how could we change those people's minds? We know that's how men are. Men are pretty terrible. But here's, what, here's what's our solution here? How right. do we fix here's it? The, here's the question about it, though. Is it progressive to, I guess, train men from a young age to not see women that way and to not act that way around women? Or, I mean... No, I think that's a bad idea because what will happen, because regardless of what most of the feminist women and liberal w- women who lead our nation as far as media and have an actual voice, there are women out there that actually like an aggressive man. And they will only go for a man who makes the first step. Certain new new age women, they want to be the aggressor. They want to be the one who's in charge. But not all women are like that. Just like all men and men aren't the same. So we have a whole group of people that are the only voice for women with all the power, with all the platforms, speaking for all of them when it, they don't speak for all of them. Right. So if you say, oh, you know, we need to make sure men don't approach women. Well, what's going to happen? All the good guys who want to follow your rules aren't going to approach you and aren't going to talk to you. So you know who's going to? Yeah, the assholes. all the terrible guys, yeah. the assholes. That's what you'll get, and you'll think, "Oh, well, how come they're the ones giving me attention?" Oh, it's... all men must be that way because everyone who comes up to me asks this way. So then you're just gonna have an even worse perspective of man. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, that seems kind of weird because you're you're literally saying, "Okay, because some people, our society interacts a certain way now." We shouldn't be teaching our kids to act a certain way because that might have some bad repercussions when we know right now that our society is the way it is right now because of what we've been doing. We shouldn't try something new on the off chance that it might not work, even though we're already in a bad situation. I mean, treat women with respect. Yeah, I agree with that. But it's getting to the point where even if a man is a little bit aggressive in trying to get a girl, like, you know, back in the day, a man would go to a girl. She'd be like, no, I don't want you. I don't know. I want you. Hard to get. Plenty of women still play hard to get. No, no woman likes to be raped. I think there's a simpler solution to this in that we have to, and this actually ends up tying probably more to me too than I thought it would. We probably have to do take these allegations seriously, not to the fact that we are destroying careers over simple allegations, but basically treating them as the serious crimes that they actually are. Instead of saying sexual harassment, right. You know, don't, don't try to pussyfoot around what happened. Be like, okay, if you do this, you, you are a criminal. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you are a criminal, not like, oh no, those those feminazis got you. Oh. It's like, no, you're a fucking rapist and a piece of shit. Like, we don't. There needs to be a shaming thing, not just the creepy fucking dude down the street got caught. Yay! It's like, no, the quarterback on the football team raped a cheerleader. That should be a giant, like you were saying, Rob, a shaming moment. Not, oh man, clearly she was a slut and she wanted it, and she's just trying to get attention we can't do that anymore it'd be nice if we could fix that problem but the thing is the quarterback doesn't get those allegations it's that weird guy who's actually pretty nice person who gets those allegations doesn't have the support of all the crowd around him and he's the one who goes down meanwhile the guys that are in charge the aggressive chads as some might call them can will just continue to do the same thing we'll see that men have enfeebled themselves and they'll start taking advantage of the situation a lot of 
people like if a man who is wealthy and has high status can just pay his way out of it that's going to continue to happen to bring up something that happened a few years ago the brock turner incident i don't know if you guys know about that he was like a pro swimmer or whatever for college or high school and he raped a girl behind a dumpster while she was unconscious and only got story, yeah. six months in prison and then got out early for good behavior. And that was it. That's all that happened to him. And I remember seeing a post like a few months back of him posting a selfie of himself from when he was swimming. And he said, oh, the good old days before she happened. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a little exactly. disgusting. That's what I'm talking about, though. With situations like that, that's what fixes the problem. Going against that and breaking that societal norm is the first step. And until that happens, you're not going to see any change. I mean, I have no idea how to fix that because if they can just pay themselves out of it, I don't see a way to fix that at all. It's not even necessarily paying their way out of it. It's having the connections. It's the good old boys club. Oh, my dad knows the the sheriff who knows the judge who knows the, and it just kind of comes down the line that way. It's like, yeah, oh, don't worry. Your, your kid's going to get off with it and on good behavior. It's not going to be a big deal. That's an issue that doesn't just affect women, but all right. of us. Right. That could be the same thing if he gets into a fight and accidentally kills some kid or something like that. And yeah, same sort of What thing. it seems like is pretty much all the problems that we have always have symptoms that affect women the most negatively. And I can agree to that. I was just going to say, it's almost like our criminal justice system decides who's equal and who's not. Yeah. Holy shit. Not just a race thing. It's mostly a race thing. The stats don't lie. I'd like to talk about that at some point in time, too. But, I mean, yeah. I'm going to piss a lot of people off of that one because <laughs> we, need to, we need to allow stats to just shine as they are and stop trying to be so butthurt about them whenever they come out saying something where you don't agree right, with. Right, right. That could almost be a main event right there in itself. Um, um, I wanted to get into something about the equality thing and okay. how, okay, sexism in general doesn't just affect women, it affects men too in a very negative way. Like how men are perceived to like supposed to be masculine all the time and they're not allowed to cry or show their emotions in any way. And when they do, they're shit on by basically everyone that they're not being manly. And when a man is sexually assaulted or raped and they go to the police about it, they usually laugh in their face and tell them, oh, well, maybe you should have done something about it. You're a man. You should have been able to fight them back instead of taking them seriously. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. there, there are a lot of stories where men are in that exact situation where they are passive and they're not the aggressor and their girlfriends or their wives beat them, rape them, do all kinds of stuff to them. And people just laugh at them because it's a man. Men, men do have a lot of inequalities on their own. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're physically stronger. So that immediately puts us, you know, on a, on a higher level, not by like a, I'm trying to think. Not men and women are different. A, yeah. Men and women are different. Yeah. And there's certain things that we are just going to have the advantage on. But one of the things we don't have is we don't have as much freedom when it comes to exploring like alternative ways of being a man there's like a fixed way of how you're supposed to be a man and if you're not that way then you're whatever name the the man men want to call you because we got lots of them right you got to be that men are the manly very man, cool about this shit, but the the traditional man we got all these new males and all this other stuff and i don't know so i guess another question would be is this new age that's coming in where i see stories all the time where schools and teachers are trying to teach male students like they say you know boys will be boys well that's not going to cut it anymore boys can't be boys we have to train them from a young age to get rid of their toxic masculinity is the the phrase i hear a lot of and is like i was asking before is this progress trying to 
almost brainwash the manliness out of kids so that they never become the manly man. No, it's not to brainwash boys from a young age. It's just to teach them to not be little shitheads, to not grow up and be rapists and abusers. It's to teach them from a young age, you know, start with small things like if they're like taking toys from someone or like they hit someone, you know, stop that from a young age. And if you see, you know, behavioral issues, do something about it. Don't just let that progress until they're an adult and then they rape someone, you know? So that really comes is, down to parenting. Yeah, yeah that sounds like it a, does. It sounds like a parent's job, not the teacher's right. job, right? That's why I'm, yeah, I'm hearing more and more like state involvement. Job. Like it's like, okay, well, this stuff is happening. We have to do something about it. It's like parents need to do something about this. It's literally their it's, job. Yeah, it's not. It's not the state's job. It's not you know the government's job at all to raise the children or teach them in school. I mean, yeah, it would be probably cool. Like you know, they have health class in middle school to maybe touch on that a little bit. But in the main scheme of things it is the parents job to teach their kids not the school so i guess the question is like okay that we can blame it on the parents as much as we want but these little shits are still growing up i mean it's it's not just men like little shit girls grow up to yeah. if the parents aren't going to do their job then what it's like okay we don't want the state to come in and like become the parents but that vacuum has to be filled somehow or these little shits are going to keep growing up because it's not you can't just put a blanket statement out that all men are rapists and blah blah, blah. i mean it's it's a minute number of them, but they get all the spotlight because they're so terrible. I mean, there is a argument here to say that the state has an interest in this because it is a parent's job to raise a child that is not a complete failure. But if they do raise a complete failure, it's the state's burden to deal with. Right. Exactly. And it might end up becoming another family's tragedy to live with i mean so, so. that kind of go that kind of reminds me of that conversation i was having where i was saying what about those women that have multiple kids kid after kid have kids taken away from them and then continue to have kids you're saying it's the state's job to take care of people reactively but where they can't join in there proactively and say you know what you've had five kids you've lost all of them we're going to sterilize you for the betterment of mankind <laughs> You really want the state you to talk to about slippery slopes? That's the slipperiest of slopes. <laughs> like you can't. It, it's always the same thing. It's like no, this idea will cure everything. This idea will be worked on a very specific and narrow application. All right, the mandatory minimums will only apply to drug dealers, right? No, and then it starts getting applied to those that really can't defend themselves. Right, it starts getting applied to those that have no representation. It gets applied to those that it was never meant to apply in the first place. Just so, like and this is a little weird, but it's kind of like a uh, sex offender laws when you have a boyfriend who's eighteen and his girlfriend's seventeen, right? And it's like the law was always meant to punish literal pedophiles, right? But now it's punishing teenagers who had a birthday that are one's a few months older than the other one, right? It was never but, meant but the to still the Right, but it still applies to innocent people. And if you have a law that's hurting innocent people, then it's not a good law. But is it saving a lot more innocent oh, people okay. than it's hurting? No, 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 no. If a law is punishing the innocent, then it is a bad law. Yeah regardless of who is saving it's but is it the law that's punishing the innocent or is it the enforcement of that law depending on the situation yeah, the law is written you got to go by the letter of, of what it is but i think okay well, but, they, but they don't here's the thing with what joe said a lot of states have the romeo and juliet law which if it's 
I think it's like two or three years apart, then it's not statutory rape, which with what Rob's saying, you could add, you know, other laws onto that so it doesn't get to the point that Joe and Nate are talking about. Yeah, I'm just throwing down the basis of it. We can add more things for protection on it, but when it comes down to it, what can we do to stop these people from having more kids and creating more issues for the world? There's not a lot of ways we can solve the problem. So what we got to do, we got to take the hard choice and then try to perfect it and make it as good as possible. Oh, my right. my libertarian yeah. sense is tingling. Everybody's saying, oh, just more laws. Just make more laws. Just more Trust laws me. will fix it. Hold up, hold up. What What about, let me let me give another example then. Because uh, you're, you're both, Gavin, Rob, you're, you're kind of right. We could craft something that's a little bit more narrow. Uh, so you have two families, pretty similar situations, right? One family's black, one family's white. It's up to the judge to decide the punishment who gets sterilized and who doesn't well i don't see how that makes any sense because why would you be doing what if the judges might that (laughs) (laughs) well that changes because because if you are going by a case-by-case basis then you're relying on human judgment human judgment will always have a bias so what you will end up seeing is more uh black families more minority families having this punishment pushed on them than white families right because we already see that you already see black offenders get the death penalty far more often than white offenders you already see black offenders get harsher just harsher penalties in general than white offenders an alternative solution without uh laws 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 how about we uh build a country in which just prosperity is the word i'm looking for just kind of starts lifting everyone up. So I feel like the vast majority of these problems we're talking about are not problems of choices and who we sterilize and who this and that. It's a problem of poverty. It's like when there's mass poverty, all these problems explode. All the crime explodes, all of it. So You already know my answer for that one. We build a better country. These problems just kind of start to go away on their own. Okay, and how do we build a better country then? By not electing Donald Trump, goddammit. Well, it's too late for that. <laughs> we got real off topic with we got the equality very thing. Very off topic. Yeah, we do that from time to time. It led to an interesting <laughs> discussion. It's true. We, we go in interesting directions. Okay, uh, Princess Gabba, if you would, give us your opinion on this one. What would make, just generally speaking, what could be done in terms of equality that would make women happy because i feel like equality like just by the numbers men and women are equal in all ways and in sports and business and everything women men and women are equal i don't think that would make women happy holy shit (laughs) controversial statement i know but um I feel like just at their core, men and women are different and nobody wants to recognize that they're different and we all these things can't be applied utterly equally because we're not the same. I mean, yeah, that's true, but who decides what women, what rights the women get and what the men get? How do we figure that out, that being fair, if not equal? I'm not even talking about rights. Obviously, everyone gets Well, yeah, but I mean, you're saying... If we're equal in every way, then that won't make either party happy. How do we decide what makes women happy and what makes men happy? Because every woman is different and every man is different. That's kind of getting into the point that I was making earlier that, you know, we do have multiple different views from multiple different women. You saw a bunch of people vote for Donald Trump. He got a large majority of them, mostly white, of course, but he got a lot of them still, even with the stances that he had, because... Certain women like that kind of aggression. They like that kind of attitude. And they're not all the same. So trying to fight for equal rights and for equality, you got to find the common ground within your own 
gender first and then go from there. Same with the races. We got to find our common ground within our own races before we start going off and attacking the enemy. We need to come together as a people. Right now, the women are dissected amongst themselves. Mexicans are dissected amongst themselves. Blacks are dissected. We're all dissected by different tribes that we've been placed into or have chosen to go into. And if we really want change and equality and things to really start making a difference, we got to come together first. Right, right. And I think it's really a problem of representation. It's like you were saying earlier, the women leading these equality movements, like you're just saying, they don't speak for all women. It's like, I remember, there's no way I'll remember his name. There's someone who declared himself an atheist leader and who was speaking for the atheist about some memorial being built or something. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? I didn't vote for him. Who, how, who is he to speak for me? I feel like that's the same in all these movies. In the black movies, you see Al Sharpton on TV saying, this is how this is how it is. This is how the blacks feel. It's like, you're not speaking for me, bro. Just stop acting like you are. So it, when it comes to women, I think the women leaders aren't properly representing what women are seeking. And I guess the answer would be to get the support behind the women that do and get rid of these women that don't. I mean, that's kind of hard to do because I feel like there's there's obviously a section of women who do agree with those sure. who are leading the feminist movement. And then there are those who don't agree. Like I know women say, you know, women are just made to pop out babies and take care of them and clean the house and whatever. But like, Ooh, I that is, good there, by the way, Keep that going. is what some women want to do. Some women want to, you know, have a family and they want to raise their kids. They don't want to work. They want to be at home with their children. And that's a perfectly valid option. But a lot of, Feminists, especially out there, like in the feminist movement right now, they put down those women saying that they aren't true feminists because they aren't working or they're letting a man take care of them. But that's what they want to do. I, I agree. And it was actually it's a good segue in what I was uh, wanting to talk about. I mentioned in our text chats, a controversial opinion I have about, you know, women staying at home and taking care of the kids and all that, you know, the old school role of women and so on and so forth. Whenever the feminist movement came through and they said, you know what, women don't need to be stuck at home. They can go out there and be their own person. They can they can vote. They can do all this. And, you know, good for women. That's great. They have the options and uh, abilities to do things now. But at the same time, I, I mentioned this before about, you know, the woman who had a kid, uh, the mentally retarded kid who was like 52 years old or whatever, and she yeah. had to deal with him. The thing is, whenever we go against certain things in nature, it always has a way of biting back at us. And I think this is one of the moments that did. Women are better than men at taking care of things at the house. That's my opinion. From what I've seen, I think you guys are better nurtured for it. And it's not the fact that you you have to be there or you're forced to be there. You're not forced to be there. But we want the best people in every position. Women are better at the house taking care of the house. They're better at taking care of their kids. And whenever we got them out of there, the house unit and the family unit started to break apart. Because we took one of our all-star players out of their spot and they, they wanted to try some other positions, which is fine. But it still affected the team. You, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Well, and on it's, that, it's an unfortunate aspect of it. It's great that we got all these new freedoms, but at the same time, we got a lot more problems because men just overall aren't as good at taking care well, of some of the things I that mean, women did before. Typically, I would say that maybe men uh, aren't as good of nurturers, but that's also like a case-by-case situation. Like, right, we're getting I'm, I'm freaking, I can't take care of kids. I hate kids. I would never want to be like a stay-at-home mom. But like, let's say I'm with a guy who loves kids and, you know, wants to stay home with them like that's a complete reverse situation right gender roles are very much a thing but they don't necessarily apply to specific genders but yes there has to be the caring nurturing one and there has to be 
the one taking charge and doing the discipline and all that. It's like, no matter which sex does it, those gender roles have to be filled. And there's so many broken homes now where both the gender roles aren't there. It's just the single mother taking care of it, and she has to try to do all of it, and it, it doesn't work. It you doesn't need work. the balance. And that's where you Wait, see yeah. a lot of pushback from, like, conservatives with gay couples and stuff like that, too. They'll say they'll have the same kind of arguments. You're like, well, two men can't do it because you don't have the nurturing role and this and that. So we're pretty much forcing people into roles to have what we have we call as the ideal child or whatever. It's it's a murky situation, but now, Holy what, shit, what were you going to say, are Joe? You saying, are you saying that gender roles are fluid? <laughs> Uh, yes. Yes, I am. No, it reminds me of a, there's a story of a, I don't know if you'll remember specifics, but there was a bunch of miners down in a mine. There's a giant cave in. They were all trapped. There's, you know, dozens of them. I can't remember. But like, as the situation progressed, it's like, you know, these are all freaking mine shaft workers. These are the manly men. This is, you know, and obviously they were the ones that took charge and said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to break down this wall. We're going to get out of here. This is what's going to happen. You get over there. You know, they took those leadership roles, those manly roles. But as time went on and things started looking desperate and they didn't know if they were going to get out, the men had to come along to say, you know, things are going to be all right. We're going to get out of this. You know, holding guys' hands, patting them on the back, nurturing them because the gender role has to be filled because that's just how we operate as a species. I wouldn't even call it a gender role. I would just call it a role in general. That doesn't really define the term. A, per, a, per, a parental role. In a way. A per, there's, yeah. two, there's two roles. There's probably to be a, a better word for it. Yeah, the gender has nothing to do with it. It's really about just right. a parental I guess you could say role. traditional gender roles or traditionally gender oriented roles, something like that. That's a mouthful. But yeah, I guess uh I guess that wraps that up. Um All right, it was good, guys. I feel yeah, like we've been really dominating. We can make excuses for Trump all and, uh, curious if Gabba has anything she wants to add. Um no, I'm good. <laughs> Joe got real triggered. A little bit. It's all good. When I get passionate, it's triggered, but... Uh, <laughs> me and Joe always get triggered against each other. It's a thing. It's very much a thing. We're the best thing about this show, days. Nate. Oh, dang, you just got called out. Well. <laughs> Let's close it out. <laughs> all right. Uh, final thoughts. Um, Anything you want to add or addendum on anything we talked about? Let's start with Gabba. Why you gotta start with me? Let's start with Joe. All right, there we go. Uh, Russians did 9-11 with Donald Trump. <laughs> there has to be a P-tape. There has to be a P-tape, goddammit. Rob, what do you got? Needs to come on Netflix. <laughs> All right. um, a lot of the topics we had tonight were controversial. Uh, women's rights, 9-11, Kavanaugh, politics that we weren't ready to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> but... I again, it's the same message I have for most of my most of our podcasts that we do. People got to ask questions. They got to just stop accepting the answers they're given when it comes to important issues. If it's something simple like, "Hey, if you jump off that cliff, you're going to fall and die." Yeah, you probably don't want to question that. But if someone says, "You know what? It's just a coincidence that Larry Silverstein pulled out the insurance package on those towers right before they fell down." Okay, don't just accept that as what it is. Look into it. Maybe you'll find out more about it. Maybe you'll find out it's a hoax. Maybe it'll lead you to some other information that makes you a little bit more knowledgeable of the situation. Do some research. Don't be afraid to get dirty. And some of the conspiracy theorists, they like to label them because you can get, I think I said it off the air, even a dim bulb can shine a light on the issue in a way that you've never seen it before. Well, but Oh, and fun fact, Larry Silverstein got paid twice for his insurance policy because there were two planes that hit towers. So uh, he ended up with some $4.5 billion, 
in insurance settlements. Just, you know, just fun facts. Jesus Christ. Lucky, lucky guy. Larry. Very lucky guy. Who could have guessed? Larry Silverstein, that's who. Um, I want to circle back to uh, to women's issues a little bit and kind of segue to what Gabba might want to talk about. It's about, uh, she's talking about going to the gas station at night and how, as a woman, you don't feel safe because of just the way the world works. And I just wanted to say, of course, women should feel safe. Women should be able, to, if you want to, you should be able to dress like a slut and go to a nightclub and have a great time. And nobody should fucking touch you unless you want them to. And all these things should happen. And it's very clear and obvious that they should. But at the same time, women shouldn't be stupid and they should realize the world that we do live in. And it's not the ideal world that we all want to live in. But obviously, we want women to have these rights. We want women to feel this way. But it's not always reality. And just take that into account. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. I just wish that everyone would work more towards that goal where women can feel safe no matter where they are. If they're around a group of guys that they can still feel safe and not afraid that they're going to get raped because they don't have anyone with them. But I get what you're saying with you need to protect yourself from the reality and not just wish and live in a fantasy. Well said. And I think Michael Jackson said it best. Start with the man in the mirror. You're a guy out there. You can have an effect on the way a woman feels in any given situation. Don't be a douchebag. It's really that simple. 100%. All right, everybody. I think it's a podcast. Rough start, but uh, I think we pulled through. Yeah, we got some We got some good episodes in there you can mess with. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to mess with it. It's going to be great. We're going to have to edit a lot out, though. We were a fucking train wreck in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The intro is garbage. That was a nice long one, too. Yeah, no. We didn't even get something. to the main topic. We did not get to the main topic. I'm a little upset. What was the main topic? Uh, Instant gratification generation. Oh, shit. Do it off the air. Make it a separate thing or something. Nate specials. My special. Oh, no, because I want to argue with him about that. There you go. You have to do it next time. No, I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be up for a minute. I'll get into it. I don't give a shit. Nah, I'm getting off here. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's season one, boys. Season one in the books. Um, I Bruh, definitely not was not in my game in the beginning because I was doing. was sitting here and listening to the background noise. Like, I'm gonna have to edit that. I'm gonna have to edit that. Like, what did Gavin just say? What did Jared just say? That was the whole beginning of the show for me. Was just hearing all the little noises. I've got to find a way to tone that out and actually focus on what people are saying. And then worry about it later. Exactly, because that's all I was thinking about through the, like the first 15 minutes of the show. You like this one, Nate? This one right here? I hate you all. I'm just, I'm just me scrubbing, playing I'm my scrubbing this whole episode. <laughs> I could almost see you flipping it, god damn it. See you guys. Later. That's it. <sighs> I guess I'm going to have to turn off my whole computer because my monitor won't turn on. <laughs> we'll turn back on? No, uh, I don't know what's happening. I've what? tried everything that normally fixes it and it won't come back on. The cord wiggle loose or something? I, I, I've wiggled every cord. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> Good outro.